He has made over 140 motion pictures. He's an, a working actor from TV, from the stage. He has an album out where he sings the songs of Frank Sinatra. He's an amazing, talented actor and singer. His name is Robert Davi. He's our guest on Personally Speaking. Stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And veteran character actor and singer Robert Davi joins me now. Robert has appeared in more than 150 motion pictures, and some of his best-known roles are in films like Die Hard, License to Kill, The Goonies, and The Iceman. Robert is one of film industry's most recognized tough guys. He's also starred on the small screen in hit shows like Profiler, Criminal Minds, and CSI. Robert Davi is also a singer, and in 2011, he released his debut album, Davi Sings Sinatra, On the Road to Romance. He's the father of six, Sean, Ariana, Francis, Isabella, Nicholas, and Gabriella. And he's here with us today to talk about his faith, his family, being a conservative in Hollywood, and the values that matter the most to him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the wonderful actor and singer, Robert Davi. Before we go to Robert uh, and our conversation with him, let's listen to him first singing a cut from his Davi Sings Sinatra album. Out of the tree of life, I just picked me a plum. You came along and everything started into hum. It's a real good bet The best is yet to come Best is yet to come And babe, won't it be fine You think you've seen the sun But you ain't seen it shine Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips they have met And wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet Best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine Best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Come the day you're mine I'm gonna teach you to fly We've only tasted the wine We're gonna drain that cup dry Wait till your charms are ripe For these arms to surround But baby, you ain't ever left the ground Wait till you're locked in my embrace We are here with Robert Dobby. Delighted to have him back on Personally Speaking. Robert, this is going to be a left-field question, but let me begin here. Uh, you're like 
a number of people I know have been blessed to know who uh, went through the experience of raising a great family. And then as we are slightly aging, he takes on the responsibility of a new baby. Uh, and I'm just wondering, how is she and what's it like to be a dad second time around a little bit later in the game? She's a miracle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she actually is. She's uh, it's uh, as you know, you baptized her. Yeah. And uh, she's just an extraordinary little girl. She'll be three May 17th. Ah. And her spirit, her intelligence, uh, her the book she walks around with is the Bible stories for children. That's, <laughs> That's in her little purse, believe it or not, because the bedtime stories we tell her, I give her the, uh, you know, Bible bedtime stories. But she's uh, she's really. Uh, uh, I'm not saying it's easy. Right. It's harder for Diana, you know, because I'm busy. But the baby is just absolutely incredible. She's so uh, it's a joy. I'm glad I did it because. In the early stages of your career, you really uh, miss a lot mm -hmm. because you're traveling and your, your, your hunger for your career supersedes sometimes. Even though I coached the teams and was a hands-on parent, yeah. you don't remember as much as now at, at this age for mm -hmm. some reason. And you're seeing this and you go, my, did I do this with the other children? You know, um, and it just is, uh, she's just full of love. Yeah. Rob, you and know, the mother is very expressive. You know, it's so important with the mothers. It really is. Knowing, uh, having had a couple of different, uh, uh, mm -hmm. it, the, 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 the mother's behavior and uh, 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 with that child creates a very, very different um, energy. Yeah. Well, energy, energy is what I want to talk about. I'm talking earlier today to my nephew, Matthew, who has three little boys and uh, where do you find the energy? He's in his 30s to constantly be doing your job and at the same time raising your kids and be a good husband. Now, we're a little bit later in life than Matthew. So where does the energy come from to both be the worker you are in acting and producing and at the same time be a hands-on dad? Well, first off, Diana does a lot of heavy lifting with the baby. Okay. You know, she does a lot of heavy lifting with the baby. But of course, I'm there, you know, I'm, and the baby. What's interesting is uh, Gabriella demands it of me. <laughs> Good. She demands it of me, which is wonderful. <laughs> it's not like you can slide by. Right. Daddy, daddy, dad, watch yeah. this with me. Sit by me, daddy. <laughs> she comes over, sits by me. Come on, daddy, let's sit like this now. And she's so emotional like that. So she pulls mm -hmm. me into her, her world beautifully. And um, the energy. Uh, did you hear about the story between Toby Keith and Clint Eastwood? I'm sure you did, or maybe you didn't. Tell me. They were playing golf. And um, Toby Keith asked that same question to Clint Eastwood. You've got a younger wife, you've got kids, you've got a career, you're directing, you're acting, you're 90 years old. Yeah. How do you do it? And he says, I just don't let the old man in. <laughs> and wow. then Toby Keith went home and made a, a song that you should listen to. Okay. Don't let the old man in, which is, and then Clint wound up using it in one of his films. And it's a terrific song in terms of the sentiment that that holds. Mm -hmm. okay. So I would say that's, that's kind Don't of. Don't let the, the old man in. I like that. Yeah. 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 
I'll try to keep that in mind, even in priesthood. You know, we can sometimes say I'm 41 years in the priesthood this week. And I'm like, God, I must really be old then. But I don't want to give into that that no. uh, surrender. You know, for those who don't know, Robert Davi is an interesting guy. Obviously, I've mentioned before that he's made 150 motion pictures and TV and all the rest. But he's also, um, along with a few other folks in Hollywood, uh, kind of a proud conservative guy and aligned often enough with Republicans. Uh, in in a world where that's certainly not common, uh, how do you fit in? How do people who are at the extreme other end, they don't call themselves liberal anymore, they call themselves progressive because they know that's a, a term they can sell more fully, but how do they respond to you when they know this guy doesn't think like we do? You know, it's uh, it, 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 there's complexities of, of different uh, responses. Okay. Some you could tell appreciate my outspokenness and my point of view. Hmm. I can see that in some people. Um, others that are friends of mine remain friends. And, you know, we we flirt around the politics of it all. Or they'll say to me, don't tell me that, you know, you still I go, well, don't tell me this, you know. So there'll <laughs> be there'll be certain kind of the absolute back and forth cordial uh, and sometimes a little heated uh, discussion of it all, but there's less. Um, and again, with that, with that p- political thing, Hollywood's always leaned left, mm-hmm. except there was a certain point in the fifties and sixties with John Wayne and Sinatra. Right. Well, Sinatra later on in life, but a lot of the conservative big stars of the time mm-hmm. that protected that aspect in Hollywood. And today, you don't have that voice. You have the spinelessness of a lot of, or maybe it's not spinelessness, but the blindness of it. For instance, Father, the epidemic of homelessness in Los Angeles, mm. the lawlessness that's happening all over. I don't know if you've seen the trains in LA. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, the people going into stores. And you have celebrities like a nice guy, I know him, Jimmy Kimmel, mm. Jimmy Fallon, or George Clooney, or the rest of the Hollywood power elite. Now, they don't say a word. Yeah. And if their voice is lifted, because they do have an effect, to think that Hollywood does not have an effect and culture doesn't have an effect is incorrect. It does. Yeah. And the silence that they have, and I think that the general public, lets, they let them have a pass at the, uh, at, I think, the injustice mm-hmm. that they're able to let happen in our society, because they talk about all of this. But meanwhile, the people that are the foundation of the country, Mm -hmm. the foundation holding it up, they're letting them be torn away. And uh, that to me is a, uh, it's egregious. And the politicians that call themselves, you know, Catholic, like Pelosi and Biden Mm -hmm. and the rest of them, well, you know, I don't want to mention names, which I did, but there (laughs) seems to be a hypocritical aspect to everything they did. Uh, one of the things when they took down the statue of Father Junipero Serra mm. and then Columbus. Now, why do I say this? Because Nancy Pelosi in 2015 was kneeling at that statue with the Pope. Yeah. And here she didn't protect it when they tore it down years later, several years later. Yeah. That kind of spineless hypocrisy, which is rampant in politics, we have to find a new way, a new leadership and support people that have a deep ethic. Yeah. Not necessarily a political mind, but an ethical mind that's based on what the tenets of this Judeo-Christian nation was founded on. 
Robert, let me ask you, if you wore a hat like a bishop, if you were a bishop in modern America today, I'm, I'm very resonant with what you're saying. I hear Joe Biden coming out of his meeting with the Pope saying, oh, he says I'm a good Catholic and I should keep on receiving communion. Of course, the Holy Father can't come back and say anything because his conversations are private. So Biden can say whatever he wants to. Nancy Pelosi being another good example or on The View, someone like uh, Joy Behar, who has nothing of the Catholic in her constantly saying, I'm an Italian Catholic. But what does that mean? It means nothing. But if you wore the hat of a bishop, what would you do in response to Catholics who, while they announce their Catholicism, in fact, seem to be given the bird to every Catholic teaching that we treasure? I would have to um, sanction in some way or strongly speak out, have an encyclical in some way, a bishop of the encyclical uh, saying that in terms they talk about the propagation of the faith, which obviously they're not living up to. And there's a responsibility you have uh, when you say that you're Catholic. Yeah. There is a responsibility to that. And to, uh, and to ignore that is, is uh, or to, uh, um, now, that's not to say people, you know, <laughs> we're sinners. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was one Christ was our perfection. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not for us to judge but I would have to say that there are certain um, uh, responsibilities that you have to show for your faith or you have to mm-hmm. uh, stand up for your faith. Because otherwise, what, what good is it? You yeah. can't just pretend. And, um, you know, what I say, you can't have communion. Um, that's a, because I feel that communion is a, is a sacrament and I don't know their heart. Mm. There may be a moment of contrition prior to that saying I'm stuck in this political life right, and I've right. got to do this for whatever it might be. So I can't read into their hearts and souls, mm-hmm. but I would surely say publicly, you have to, you have to um, be proud of your faith and, mm-hmm. and, and adhere to certain values of it. You know, Robert, you, I, don't, I don't think we talked about this before, but years ago, one of our guests was uh, Governor Hugh Carey, the former governor of New York. And as governor, he had been pro-choice. And, uh, and then as soon as he got out of office, he flipped and became very, very militantly pro-life. And I said to him on the show, what happened to you? And he said, I'm getting older and I know I'm going to die one day and I'm going to stand before God. And he knows that I knew all along that I was pro-life in my heart. But as a Democrat, I could not be elected governor of New York if I didn't say I was pro-choice. But are you hopeful that a lot of these people uh, in public life who have just Im- completely embraced the abortion culture might, with God's good grace, change direction? I would hope because, yeah. you know, how can you deny? You know, it's again, I always say, unless a baby is born with just uh, a certain part of the anatomy that expels toxic material from them. Mm. Until a baby's just born with that part, it's either male or female. Yeah. You're denying the natural order of things. And the denying of abortion continues. I mean, see, if they hold on to that. Yeah. They can hold on to anything. And I'm all for people's rights. I'm not going to judge anyone's. That's not for me to judge. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I have many friends that, that of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. many good people, yeah. wonderful people. Uh, and I'm not going to uh, that. But don't say to society that a child is non-gendered or whatever they call it now. Mm. This wokeness that's going on that's incrementally 
destroying and confusing and creating, I think, mental illness in a lot of our youth. You know, uh, since you raised the life issue, too, again, I want to go back to that for a second. You and I are, are speaking, Robert, moments before the Supreme Court will decide on Dobbs versus Mississippi. I'm I'm pretty convinced that uh, at, the, at the very least, they'll decide that Mississippi is within its rights to say 15 weeks is what you have. Have the abortion before that or, or don't. But that's it. 15 weeks, which still puts us at a more permissive way than Europe, where it's allowed only till the 12th week. But I mention that because you know and I know that as soon as that happens, that the CNN folks and New York Times are going to say, this is tragic. This is monumental. They're going to try to shake the troops to major demonstrations. But you and I know that actually it still allows most abortion to continue. That doesn't change, certainly not in California or New York, where it's still a nine-month right and will always be a nine-month right. But I guess I'm wondering, because you are a great communicator, what should we do in response to the ex- expected hysteria that will come from the elite and the major media who will see this as just a terrible tragedy for women's rights, women's autonomy, when you know and I know that most abortions take place in the first 12 weeks anyway, so to limit it to 15 weeks is not the end of the world at all. What should be our response to the expected hysteria of the media to Dobbs versus Mississippi when I think it's going to go the pro-life way? Not being a female, because it's like when they play the racist card Mm. on the most ridiculous things. The other thing is you shouldn't speak for women's rights. I'm speaking for human rights, not for women's rights. I'm speaking for the natural order of life. Now, what I think is that and feel that conception and Aristotle and Sophocles, they all had this question about when does life begin? When does the soul? That's that's been a question since many, many years, you know. Mm-hmm. I looked it up one time mm-hmm. and I was surprised to see the discussions they were having of when it happens. Yeah. After birth, the first year, there was many discussions back then. But as a human being, I mean, that's who we are. Yeah. You have to say at conception. Now, the abortion issue, this and my research on from what I last understood, Father, was that about 60 million abortions mm. since Roe versus Wade, 60 right. million. In this country, right. In this country, 60 yeah. million. So I have to think to myself, wait a second, what, what does that mean? Are there 60 million rapes? Are there 60 million people that have some issues that they don't want the child? So what is the abortion? So we have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. That's not being talked about. They want to say over and over again, I've had women. Well, what about the case of rape? What about they bring that up like that's another hot button to keep you away? Right, right, right. No, 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 no. We're not talking about some of these things. And they've got such procedural things nowadays that within the first 24 hours or 48 hours before conception, supposedly, Mm -hmm. it can stop a a baby being conceived. Um, So if we have this tool. You have to then, we have to talk about this. We have to educate our youth. We have to tell them about the sanctity of life. We have to not give in. We have to not be afraid to say, no, I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. I'm not a uh, misogynist. I love women. I appreciate women as a male and as the female and uh, approach it with in in a, in a, in a strong, intelligent, uh, humanistic way. um, Protecting our life. Because what they're doing, they're saying things like, you know, if you're a certain color, you get better treatment for COVID. 
Mm-hmm. If this is happening, you're getting better treatment for that. If this is happening, so this is the tip of the iceberg of pushing a left-wing progressive communist agenda on the world. And um, we have to educate the people and be strong in our, our discussion of it and not back down from that and say to them, you're a hypocrite. You mean to tell me there were 60 million rapes, 60 million for whatever reasons? Well, now, to that point, you know, when you said uh, people raising it as a feminist issue, I often think to myself, but of the almost a million abortions every year in our country, that means half of those children who were aborted have to be female. What about female rights in that case? But going to your other point about uh, rape and incest, uh, the Alan Guttmacher Institute, which is a think tank for Planned Parenthood, admits that uh, 98% of the abortions in our country are performed for what they call reasons of social convenience. And then only 2% have anything to do with rape, incest, danger to the life of the mother. So you're, you're onto something there that we've got to change the topic back to the 98% who we terminate for reasons of social convenience. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, do you find in being a voice for the voiceless ones that uh, anyone in the Hollywood community is willing to listen to you? Or are we so entrenched that we can't even dialogue? That issue is such a hot button issue with the, uh, the uh, uh, men because they have been, their lips have been stapled or their tongues have been stapled to their forehead by calling misogynistic and you have mm-hmm. no right and you don't know what it's like. And women that are, that are militant on this issue They've taken a very militant uh, uh, issue and uh, holistically saying, don't speak for my, you know, it, it, they've educated them. Don't speak for my body. And I understand that. I understand there's a backlash to that. But this is also agitprop that's been created through, mm-hmm. you know, my dad was a Knight of Columbus and he brought home two books. One was called None Dare Call the Treason and one was called Masters of the Seat when I was a little kid. Okay. He said, read these books. Yeah. And I read these books, I was 11. And over the decades, and then having children in several decades, and my education, I've seen how education has been hijacked and the incremental brainwashing to where we're at this tipping point today. Robin, let me me stop you for a second there just to ask, you know, I love what you told me about your father handing you those two books. And that was his way of trying to pass along to you values that mattered. But now as a dad, how have you been able to share with your children, both the young and the older ones, values that you hope will sustain them? You know, they see me talking and writing and reading, and I send them different articles. And I have to say that uh, one, one one may not be, he's off the beaten path on that. Mm-hmm. Pray for him, my son, Sean. Okay. He's a good, good person, has a drug issue. Okay. He's 41. And I think that his whole culture is a different, uh, on this, but he's a, he's a good person. You know what I mean? He, he, yes. he is. But he has a different idea of things, which is not bad. It's not a bad idea. He has the values, but he has a little bit. My other children, uh, my son, Nick, who's 21, he sees exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, he, he he watches this, I mean, so uh, deeply. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, my daughter, Ariana, the, I, I think osmosisly over the years, they've seen that in the readings, in church, in values, yeah. in example, and hearing me discuss and, and not be afraid to have a conversation with them. Robert, you know, uh, for our listeners and watchers around the country, Robert Davi is talking to us now 
from his new home in Florida, but he has been for years and years based in uh, California and Los Angeles area. Robert, 44 years. What went into your decision to make the move to Florida? The epic amount of I, I went to Florida for the first time with Frank Sinatra in 1977. They brought me there and it was a great place. I mean, it was just it was it was great. It was really the. And I saw over the again, over the years, the dissipation now, the last several years, the absolute dissipation, the homelessness mm. that has popped up, that is just epidemic proportions. You would think in some areas. I mean, it's a third world. I've talked to some of the law enforcement guys where they come out of there. People go into stores and they could take under a thousand dollars worth of stuff. And this has been going on forever mm. and walk right out. And they are not allowed to stop them. The security can't do anything. Police officers are telling them it's a misdemeanor. They let them out now because they're scared about losing an election coming up. And I hope there's a red wave, not because I'm such a red wave guy. I you have to, you know, the greater of two, because both sides have their problems. Both sides have their hypocrisy. Both sides have things that, you know, it's human and it's politics. But the aspect of law and disorder in Los Angeles, when I went to Venice Beach, I didn't feel safe for little Gabriella to grow up in that community anymore. So I said to my wife, I said, let's get out of here. And uh, Ron DeSantis Seems like he's doing a good job here in Florida. <laughs> and and uh, but that was that was the reasoning. Didn't feel safe. And I was in a safe area. I want to uh, thank Robert Davi again for being a guest on Personally Speaking. And uh, what I love about Robert and I hope our listeners and viewers do, too, is that he's a man of conviction who's not afraid to speak up. You know, Robert, we had uh, recently an actor on who'd been in a, a picture uh, about abortion called Roe versus Wade. And. And he was just concerned that we not get into that issue because even though he took the job as an actor, he didn't want to be associated with those pro-lifers. And I thought to myself, you know, this fear factor that keeps people silent is is one of the great cancers in our society today. And I'm so delighted that it has not impacted on you, but that, you know, there are going to be people who will turn their backs on you or reject you. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to stand before God who will say, Robert, do you know the truth? And did you speak it? And happily, you'll be able to say, yeah, Lord, I did. It didn't always pay off, but it sure was what I wanted to say. And it's what I believed. So thank you for being that that voice that tells the truth in season and out of season and uh, and keep it up because, man, we need you. We need people just like you. Well, we need you, Father. God bless you. Thank you. Thank Robert. you for what you do. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can get me at personally speaking podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to see past episodes, go to YouTube and punch in personally speaking with Monsignor General Santi. And please don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally speaking is also available as a podcast. Personally speaking podcast.buzzsprout.com. Or you can go to www.closeencountertv.com or www.ollmp.org. You'll also find there our weekly mass and homilies. I'm going to encourage you also to look on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jimosanti. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer of Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.